0: Let's do this as quick as we can because my priority is Chinese food. It's never you. It's always Chinese oh, food. Takes a right. priority over David yeah. all the time, dude. I feel like I
1: could understand if it was like tacos, but Chinese food, I, I have to question your loyalty. Just in the same way, LL Cool J had to question Omar Epps and In Too Deep.
0: Man, why do you got to mix food <laughs> metaphors with some deep cut reference again, as usual? Good job. Way to start the podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the year 2022. Congratulations. If you're alive and you made it over, praise, man, because it has been a year and we've made it over. And this is the first of our new year episode number 13. Hello and welcome. My name is Brian Ortiz.
1: I'm David Castillo.
0: And welcome to. Hey David, how's
1: it going? It's going well. I, I really like the tone of your introduction, which is like trying to prevent the Balrog from passing a critical gateway.
0: Dude, that was the nerdiest thing I've heard you say on this podcast. Was it really, ever. man?
1: I don't think. I think that's just an obvious, just a, an obvious reference. It's like you know, Bullet Time and like a spoof film in the '90s. Like, there, there's oh, nothing Jesus clever about Christ. this.
0: You're on fire today with the references. Oh my god. Well, my goodness, sir, it's like you write for a magazine and you had to finish an article or something. <laughs> Jesus. David, for those who are joining us for the first time in the year 2022, what is the show about? Well, it's a rhetorical question because I never like your answers. This show <laughs> is very simple. What is life? But nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another. We have many things to talk about, but sometimes we never know where to start, so we use Pop culture as social lubrication for one of us to get to know each other a little bit better. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Let me try that again. Yeah, you don't for, have
1: to repeat yourself. Just keep going.
0: For each one of us to get to know each other better. David, there you go. I haven't had my Chinese food yet. I'm really hungry, so my brain's not working. I learn every week we pick a topic. Uh, one day, uh, one week, I'll pick a topic and you'll learn something about me through that topic. The next week, we'll do the same in reverse. You will say a topic and I will learn something about you, David. And in the end, we talk about the what we learned, our feelings, our emotions, allowing us to once again go from enemies to frenemies, then back to enemies, but then maybe one day Deep hearted lovers, because as we said about many times, my job here is to bed you, David, as the point of this entire podcast was me just hitting on you so I can take you in the sheets.
1: In other words, like this podcast is the it's not your fault scene from Goodwill Hunting minus the severity and the seriousness minus all that. And the genius, you're three for
0: three, dude. You are three for three in references today, man. That's how we're starting off 2020, baby. Strong as hell. Uh, We let's get right into it, David, because we have a lot to talk about and get into it today, man. Um, Today is my turn for a topic, and I, you know, as we rolled into the new year, which was fantastic, by the way. How was your New Year's, David?
1: It was. Did you celebrate? It was awful.
0: Awful. Yes. Awful. Uh, Do you want what happened?
1: I'll, I'll try to condense this story really quick. All right. So all right.
0: So, so we're gonna. This is. Uh, we'll introduce. This is story time. <laughs> uh, story time with David. Uh, cue the music. David, tell me what happened, man.
1: So a couple days before New Year's Eve, I had like this sharp, stinging, paralyzing pain right up my ass. Uh, and what? Yeah, and I I couldn't sit down. So I couldn't write. Um, and then I could I struggled to just even lay down. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it felt like a hemorrhoid giving birth to another hemorrhoid, except that what? hemorrhoid that was being birthed was like a breech baby. And I'm like, dude, what? It... I felt a around a multi hemorrhoid that... birth
0: situation. Right.
1: So, so I felt around. You know, again, I probably should have like trigger warning. This. this is a pretty gross story. Yeah, trigger last...
0: warning. If you have a problem with David's ass or multi birth <laughs> hemorrhagings and things like that, please, uh, you know, we'll put some time codes later. All right, continue with your uh, butt birth.
1: So I felt around, kind of like the goop right cheek area and it was an abscess and I actually what? I used to teach uh pathology at um at career point college which is not like a you know humble brag or okay that's like that.
0: another just... question in of itself you taught pathology
1: a- anyways the point is I knew exactly oh what God. it was so my thing was I told Nicole you know what man like this this like, I've had my eardrum rupture, which is painful. This was even more than that. So, I was like, let's, let's go, go to the hospital. Rubber, let's get this popped. And let's just, you know, that's what they do. They pop it, not pop it, but they make an incision and they drain it. So oh, my like, God.
0: Like, warning. Trigger warning. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm oh, like, my let's, God. Dave, are you talking about gooch abscess draining right now?
1: To gooch abscess oh my draining. So,
0: 2022 <laughs> is starting off terrible. How do you Continue. think I feel? Uh-huh.
1: So, uh, so anyways, oh uh, I'm like, let's let's just go. And before that happens, like, I notice an odor. And I'm just like, dude, did, did I just shit my pants right here? Like, right oh, right in my cookie-wash pajamas? And and it's true enough, I, you know, check the chonis. And, like, the thing had burst. And it Damn was just it! like a puddle Warnings! of oh. pus. It's, so it's a bacterial infection. So it's like pus, uh, bacteria, uh, blood. And so... All night New Year's, I'm just uh-huh. showering the blood out, the pus out. Uh-huh. And- and uh, so that was that was my New Year's. It was it was like, hey, here's here's a pandemic, Betty White dying, and an abscess. Fuck you. That was 2021's middle finger to me. So
0: oh, I was not ready for that. There was no warning, David. Not that this was gonna be like, oh, you know, our, our car didn't start, and we missed our dinner date, and we had to stay at home. I didn't realize it was gonna be your gooch. All the sin in your body for 2021 was pouring <laughs> out of your gooch hole that night. I didn't realize that was the story. Well, I had a lovely dinner and a movie with my mom for <laughs> years, so I'm glad to hear that
1: your your mom's a great woman
0: well, that's a thanks for story time David uh I guess that's the first of that segment, and that's a hell of a way to start it so yeah, with that note, let's start off with the first topic and question of the day, David. Uh, As the new year comes into play, we had a great episode last time where we kind of just reviewed the year, and we had all these fun lists and stuff like that. And this year I wanted to talk about something that I used to obsess about when I was a kid, and I'll be honest, probably had more of an impact on me than it should have. Uh, David, I want to talk about apocalyptic dates slash warnings For the end of the world, David, because what better way to ring in the New Year's than talking about the destruction of it? Arguably, some people would say we are in an apocalypse, especially, you know, with the passing of Betty White and uh, going into a pandemic with another third form of a virus that we've all been (laughs) fighting for for too long. So arguably we're in a pandemic, David. Do you adhere to any of the crazy apocalyptic warnings or did you ever, when you were a kid, used to freak out? about those warnings I, w-
1: I would say no like i mean well not now as a kid though um for sure like for, as a kid the apocalypse has a, a kind of like a, a sort of judgment day-esque kind of meaning so right. and of course it helps that as a kid you know i i believed in things like the bermuda triangle and lachusa <laughs> La, 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 La and, and shit like that and so right right so, so
0: you and i are in the same background we both believed in the The craziness of those kinds of conspiracies and worlds and monsters and spiritualness and ghosts.
1: And I think that's the appeal of the apocalypse, right? Which is that like, well, you know, there are things beyond your control. And one of the things beyond your control is just the immediate destruction and end of everything we know. Um, also, I think it's also maybe without, you know, getting a little too political, uh, kind of essential uh-huh. to religion in a lot of ways too, right? I mean, right. especially if you grow up like we did, Catholic, you know, the book of Revelation, right? The, the, the apocalypse has its own special meaning, uh, for better or for worse.
0: Dude, it totally does. Was there one in particular that you remember as a kid? Was there one that you remember? Because we used to see that we had the Weekly World News papers at HEB all the time, you know, like, you know, 100-pound baby born to woman, you know what I'm saying, bat boy on the loose, right? Like, they used to have all those crazy advertisements. And a lot of those every year always had, the world will end in the apocalypse, the devil is seen in the sky smoke of a mountain blowing up, like that kind of stuff. Did, was there anyone in particular that stands out to you as a kid or when you were younger? No,
1: but, well, okay, yes, which, and it's the thing that I think started to make all of that kind of the paranoia and, and the weirdness, those like stupid, like, yeah, Bat Boy magazines from like the newsstands <laughs> on like old grocery stores. It was a yeah. thing that kind of made, uh, kind of made all of that, not just socially acceptable, but like part of storytelling, which was the X-Files. So growing oh, up, yeah. growing up, like, t- you know, once I got into the X-Files, yeah, then all of a sudden this, this kind of this paranoia was was very much more socially acceptable it was something that as a kid you can get into right. and and sort of craft in these crazy conspiracy theory you know every every story had to have a, a sort of cancer man right and and so i think x-files was like a big move like a prime mover in in sort of this apocalyptic storytelling kind of
0: um the the, the x-files allowed us to go from uh shut in paranoid conspiracists to like outwardly loud conspiracists now right, because it yeah. was publicly okay <laughs> like you were in your basement connecting red yarn and ribbons to various things and now you could actually go out in the world and be like look at my yarn you know it's all connected to pepe's yeah it used you to know, be
1: it's... it used to be tinfoil hats now it's just facebook <laughs>
0: right <laughs> yeah it's cr- i didn't know that i didn't know that you were uh i didn't know you're paranoid as a kid like into that stuff like that's something new i've just learned about you as a kid now obviously you're older As an older uh, man, a gentleman who has now released the sin of his taint with a clear (laughs) head, do you do you can still believe in conspiracies or paranoias or end of the world scenarios? Or you have uh, are you evolved past that now, David? Did college destroy it like everything else in your life? Well, yes, and I'm also glad that you're using this sort of uh,
1: the the kind of the the, um, the gooch ball as right. as kind of a linchpin in the same way like you know smell of dick on your face was for me like i'm just i'm glad was, that you know, there we, was we
0: no have... you know what there was one time <laughs> i made a mistake you never let me go just like my dad i made one mistake and no one lets me hear the end of
1: it uh so listen getting back to this um so as an adult no like i, I think okay well i mean i realize we are talking about two different things right the apocalypse and conspiracy theories and i think that's kind of What I have, why I've just stopped the whole interest in conspiracy theories, uh, which is not that I don't think there's credence to some things, but just that I think there's so much wrong with just the everyday violence and the things that happen in public that like conspiracy kind of it makes it it makes the truth, like, sexy when it shouldn't be. Like, you know, you 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 know, go to, like, some underground forum that, like, sent you a Facebook meme that's, like, a <laughs> clue to, like, you know, this <laughs> sort of bullshit that you read on on this underground net forum and this blockchain that, that told us about, you know, it's, like, think about mm. Pizzagate and all that bullshit. And, and that I can't stand. And I don't think that's, I, I don't think that, I mean, there are so many th- problems. And, and maybe right. that kind of does bleed into a discussion about the apocalypse, because it's like, well, hey, you know, like, We already know what's happening to the planet. We already know about climate change. There's a lot of shit that's just uh, that the world's majority of scientists have agreed are issues that we should address here and now. But of course, we don't because hey, we still got to make money. We still got to still got to watch the new Spider-Man. How dare
0: you? How dare you? How dare you? First of all, oh, sir, my bad, my
1: bad. Um,
0: You know, it's interesting you say that. It's almost like the uh, the apocalypse or the end of war. We have been desensitized to the idea of the apocalypse. You know, we used to. I used to grow up in a world where. With uh, with information coming out slowly, or when I was growing up, the birth of the internet, so things were starting to become uh, quicker and faster when it came to information. Science evolved, right? But back in the day, you know, as a kid, all I had was to look up at that newspaper, and I was always told that what was in print was truth, right? And I was like, oh my god, it's it's true, Bat Boy (laughs) exists, and the world's ending, right? Like I had no other barometer. And then it's interesting cuz over time his uh, science and and advancement has taught us more about the globe and the world uh being destroyed by various forms of environmental issues. So it feels like nowadays when we were younger, we would wake up and be like it's 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 1995. Today the world ends. Where now we wake up every day and say, well, it's another day. I'm dying and so is the world. Time to get to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> And it's because we have so much information and have been educated so much that we all just agree that the world is dying constantly. So it feels <laughs> like the apocalypse is just every day. That's another Wednesday for most of us. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great point. It's it's
1: almost kind of... We, we've seen the world destroyed in so many different ways, especially since the 90s that like, you know, right? That, that was even the... Uh, it's even like people's comment, like uh during 9/11, like man, straight out of a movie. Well, you know, shit, man, that's like all movies have been showing us. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Let me ask you this, David. When 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 you used to think about the world ending in those kind of apocalyptic senses, was there one in particular that always got you the most? Right. It, you know, some people <laughs> say that a comet will hit the world and destroy it. Others will say that there will be a shift in the planets and it'll create, you know, earthquakes and tidal waves and was there anyone in particular that used to freak you out the most, man? I, I know mine.
1: As, as a kid, I have to admit, like there was, I, I can't, I, I think there's maybe something else and I'm just like, forget about it. But for now I can say as a kid, yeah, probably like the concept of the alien invasion. And I'll, I'll never forget. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Abel Ferrara's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Now, like nobody really Ooh. like remembers that film fondly because like,
0: I, don't, I love Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
1: Well, I mean, what's, but, but like, right, there are a lot of different versions, you know, people, sure. the Donald Sutherland, uh, I think there was a recent one that was probably even better, but it wasn't the, the, the able for Hours, like version is pretty creepy. And I rewatched it because I remember as a kid, like for one, there are a couple things that happen that you typically don't, and that you're not supposed to see. Right. So like for right. one, it was like, you know, uh, Meg Tilly's bush which of course she was (laughs) pretty sure she was wearing a merkin right so so nothing and and also a kid dying um and and so there was a real like creepy atmosphere to that film I I think a tone that that movie gets that I think most apocalyptic films don't which is like a real legit sense of dread like from beginning to end I think it's fitting that also takes place on a military base so I think that that was like the key to me and that um Dude, I think even now, like that, that film still hits.
0: This is why we're friends, by the way. Like well, uh, the fact that you mentioned, there's so many. There's like four or five versions of body sna- of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, right? And I have them all on Blu-ray because I love that movie series and that uh, concept. And it's always applicable to whatever decade it comes out in, which is crazy. It always has a message, but I like the fact, dude, that you out of all of them. <laughs> You mentioned 1993 body snatches yes. which is like the one that most people forget even exist. Uh and Jesus Christ you you're it? right that I do have it. Oh, yes okay. I do. Of course. I'm no fool David. When I say I like invasion, I got them all. Starting back from the 50s to now, okay? Uh nothing like, you know, influencing you as a child to scare you about what the, how the world will end, but also Bush. Thanks 1993. <laughs> No, that's absolutely legit. I do feel that. Mine was always, I was less worried about comets hitting us. And I was always more about like uh, inv- the, the world getting broken through environmental issues. Like we do something to the earth, right? Which would cause specifically some type of earthquake, right? That would destroy like California or whatever. Um, but mostly tidal waves, man. Tidal oh, waves. And you shit. know what it was? You know what it was that really solid, and it wasn't even a kid, but it really stuck with me, and I've never been able to like not see it again. Was uh, 1998's Deep Impact? Spoiler alert: the er the end of that one is like a part of the part of the world does get hit, right? And it causes a goddamn giant ass tidal wave. And I remember Tia Leone is in it. Ooh, God, love Tia Leone. and she was she her, and I think maybe her dad at the end of the movie couldn't get away. So she went to go get the dad, and the dad wanted to die, so he was at the beach. And it's just her and her dad sitting on the beach, watching all the water go back. And the tidal wave is beyond its height. It's unimaginable. And this goddamn wall, (laughs) this wide shot of like two tiny people on the beach, and this thing just eats them. And I remember how fucked up that was to me, and it totally screwed my mind. And I always think about, like, I should live... Because of that movie, I used to think I should live further inland because I'm too close to the goddamn ocean. And I used to investigate how far a tidal wave would go in and push into America. And I thought as a kid that I would move more central because I was so paranoid that a tidal wave was going to consume all of America and I was going to die. Thanks, Deep Impact.
1: Yeah, man, you really internalize your uh, your fears <laughs> not inter- not internalized I, sh- I shouldn't say that like I should say like th- they really kind of like olive olive branch in your in your brain
0: like yeah <laughs> like, my brain fractures t- real quick all of a sudden I'm like three 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 paranoid area deep into my mind and I'm like, all right now how do I prepare for this and uh, you know if I just move here i'll live if i I always thought there was a i think I, we should research this and if someone out there knows, you should let us know I bet there's a geographical location in America that is perfectly safe from Everything. Imagine if the outer parts of America were blown up by nuclear bombs, who's the safest? If a tidal wave hits America, who's the safest? If there's an earthquake in America, who's the safest? There has to be an exact point in America that is absolutely safe. David, that's where I want to move. <laughs> that's where I want to move. And when this shit happens, David, and you're over here, and the world is dying, and you imagine me being safe, drinking sips of tea on my porch because I'm in the middle of nowhere, I want you to know you're more than welcome, you and your wife are more than welcome to join me in safety if you can get away from the paranoid danger, doom, and terror that is going on. But if you can make it to me, bro, you're welcome to hang out. I will have 1993's uh, Body Snatchers and Bush ready for you. (laughs) I
1: don't even know what to say to you man like it's <laughs> your 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 mind works in mysterious ways I really appreciate it um, but uh, I, I think it's interesting that, that you feel like there is I mean is that like something that you use to like strive towards like live as long as possible Are you that kind of person absolutely. That like dude like I just just dude, don't let me die okay <laughs> don't, don't. absolutely you're, you're like the woman in Cliffhanger that like Sylvester Long is trying to like cling on to as she like dangles from the rope don't let me fall
0: don't let me fall Absolutely. I will I want to cling on to life, to dear life as long as I can. Baby, I want to ride this comet, this little rock until it explodes to the end, baby. Which is hopefully not soon enough because of, you know, Apocalypse dates and stuff like that, uh, David. I wanted to read this to you. I found this great article, man. That that had a couple of uh, couple of some. I picked out some of my favorite sounding apocalypses that I wanted to share with you, because uh, they might spark some things. It's just a couple. Uh, the one of them was one of the first warnings from Assyria, 2800 B.C. Okay, and it was this Assyrian clay tablet that had the inscription on it our earth is degenerate in these latter days there are signs that the world is speedily coming to an end bribery and corruption are common children no longer obey their parents every man wants to write a book and the end of the world is evidently approaching
1: it sounds like we have not learned shit (laughs) (laughs) Like, as a species, we've not learned a damn thing. (laughs) Like, we can go that far back and be like, oh, that describes what we're experiencing. Holy shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that just sounds like the rant of a man on the corner street who probably makes a little bit of sense. You're like, oh, man. Just tells you where the mindset it was. But, hey, didn't happen. We're still here, okay? One of the other ones that most people know is Halley's Comet in 1910. Halley's Comet, okay? That was a crazy one. It was announced in Chicago that it had detected poisonous gases in the Halley's tail. And a French astronomer, uh, Flammarion, believed that the gas would impregnate the atmosphere and possibly snuff out all of life on the planet. Check this out. People rushed to purchase gas masks and, quote, comet pills. (laughs) The New York Times had reported that the terror occasioned by the near approach of Halley's Comet has seized hold of a large part of a population of Chicago. Uh, This is my favorite because this this piece reminded me of you. Um, As people were reporting various things in different places, one man was reported to have said, Uh, He had armed himself with a gallon of whiskey and requested that friends lower him into the bottom of a dry well 40 feet deep. And I highlighted this because I said to myself, man, that's not something like David would do. I just need to highlight this for a second. That
1: uh, I don't know. Like, I I feel like it wouldn't be whiskey that I'm like going down there with. But, but, you know, possibly.
0: Oh, sorry. It would be it would be uh, it would be scotch. And uh, Baby Java going with you down yes. into the hole yes. 40 feet deep while me and Rick lower you and you just stare at <laughs> us and be like, I see you under the side, bastards, as we like lower you down to the pit. <laughs> David, I think for safety, you and I should uh, go out and get gas masks and comet pills. In fact, you know what? <laughs> we should sell comet pills on our store one day when we get one. <laughs> Just David and Brian's comet pills guaranteed to save you if a comet comes uh, and destroys the world.
1: If Comet Pills can like help ease the pain of an abscess, I'm, I'm, I'm going to like just chow down on that shit all day.
0: <laughs> Guaranteed to save you from a Comet and fix your Gooch abscess. <laughs> Dr. David said, It's totally worked. My Gooch is safe. So is the world. <laughs> That's our Comet Pills for us, dude. It'll be your big face on there and me at the bottom like looking like a doctor/ slash circus performer at the same time to confuse people it'll my be great, my, man. my face or my gooch oh we can't sell the gooch on there it'll be children can't buy it if we have your gooch on there dude I know we've talked about multiple marketing strategies with your gooch <laughs> David but we cannot I told you we can't do that
1: uh, by the way like I, I should clarify like I wouldn't call it like the gooch it was just more like right like underneath the right cheek right underneath the right butt cheek.
0: For the sake of the story, it's the gooch, because that makes it so much better.
1: Yes, for the sake of the story. But uh, uh,
0: David, here's another one. The planets aligned in 1982. So in 74, John Gribbin and Stephen uh, Plageman wrote a best-selling book, The Jupiter Effect, warning that in March of 1982, when I think you were born, in alignment of the major planets on the same side of the sun would trigger a series of cosmic events culminating in an earthquake along the San Andreas fault that would wipe out Los Angeles okay that's a, that's more of a modern one for you right do you it, remember hearing about Los Angeles getting wiped out because of an earthquake?
1: like all the time, right? like all the pretty much all the move like disaster based <laughs> movies were like you know, you had like a volcano in the La Brea tar pits, and Tommy Lee Jones's craggly face was gonna save everybody and then
0: <laughs> <laughs> here's something you might by the way, David, here's something you might like connected to this story one year after the non Day event, Gribbin and plagiarman published the Jupiter effect reconsidered. It was also. A bestseller.
1: This, this is just like cognitive dissonance at this point. <laughs> it's
0: like <laughs> ju-
1: ju- 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 uh, well, it's it wasn't Jupiter. It was actually Pluto. Like when that aligns, when when they take that off the list of planets, then that's when like everything goes to shit. Like I'm not really buying their what they're selling
0: here. Basically, these dudes are just gaslighting the entire globe <laughs> and selling books in the process. So, I mean, that's insane to me. That just, to me, sounds like someone's selling a book. We wrote a book about the world ending. We're going to make a big marketing ploy. It got out of hand, right? They're probably like, oh, my God, this is getting too serious. People are panicking. Shit, we got to stick with our story. You know what I mean? And then they make even more money afterward. That sounds... Just perfect for humanity. Panic about something, buy something, and then as soon as it doesn't happen, buy something else about that. <laughs> that sounds perfectly American.
1: Real quick, I was just gonna say, can we just point out that it's funny how like so many of these uh, bestsellers, these you know gas apocalyptic gaslighters, whatever you want to call them, really keen right. on like just shit that like what. The planets align in a fucking comet. But like there are so many things that actually exist that could be real threats beyond just like, you know, what we've seen with COVID and viruses. But like super volcanoes, where those are just lying right beneath us. And uh, nobody
0: ever like uses that. Super super volcanoes aren't fucking sexy like a planet's lying, dude. That's hot. You know what I'm saying? What do you want, a boring volcano that just sits there quiet? Or do you want galactic problems to hit our small, (laughs) tiny rock? That's hot here david here's a good here's a good follow-up question to that david what's a sexy apocalypse
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think a sexy apocalypse is is one uh where that allows you to just that gives you an egg timer you know that where that gives you time to be like okay what am i going to do in my last moments am i going to eat break bread with my family have a cozy campfire. (laughs) I think that's, regardless of like how or why, I think as long as you have time to like do some shit with your family, that's that's what most people, I think, I think that's how you get people.
0: A sexy apocalypse would probably be like we talked about, to me, earthquakes, right? Because that causes a lot of Damage from a visual standpoint. So that's hot and sexy, right? Uh Whole buildings and cities collapsing. You know, we get tidal waves. You know, it's real e- Roland Emmerich type stuff that makes for like real sexy, sexy ends to the world, my friend. Um, speaking of sexy ends, remember our time, we had our own sexy apocalypse that you just mentioned earlier. Panic in the Y2K, ladies and gentlemen. Our favorite apocalypse that never happened. Uh, At least during this apocalypse scare, there was someone to blame, okay? Over the decades, computer programmers had used two rather than four digits to represent years. As such, computers would allegedly go haywire on January 1st, 2000. Since the dumb machines would not be able to make sense of the year 00, and thus the dreaded Y2K bug was born and for everyone who doesn't know it was going to cause a glitch across everything that was computerized that could possibly create nuclear war to the infrastructure of monetary funds just collapsing to your computer exploding in your face for all we know david please i want to know where were you when y2k hit because that was my first major serious global scare
1: not, I honestly, I, I'm pretty sure watching End of Days with Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger. That is a great answer. That is a great answer. God, I love that movie. I think it's highly overrated. That is a great answer. Great answer. Did you, were you with your parents watching End of Days or just in your room by yourself watching no, End of actually, Days? No, actually,
1: like a freaking doofus, uh, my uh, high school buddy, uh, you met him, Eloy. Uh, we went to see yeah. in the theaters. I don't, hold on a second. What, like, what do you mean overrated? Nobody like everybody rates that film as they should, which is like mediocre, even really below oh, average. Now I enjoy okay. it. I no, enjoy it, you...
0: The Six Day is mediocre. End of Days is a much classier movie. than wait wait, wait, wait. Day. You're
1: gonna mention Six Day over Collateral Damage? That is mediocre.
0: Those are both mediocre. Okay. The the last two. We all know that the last. Let's just put it out there first of all. The last two. Good gosh dang. Arnold Schwarzenegger movies are End of Days, okay, and Eraser. That's it. Oh, All right. Eraser. Everything after that, unless it's Jingle All the Way. Everything after that is just what happened.
1: <laughs> Eraser's is a great one, man. I always Chuck Russell has like a just a, a, like a, a fantastic filmography. Like I don't know why that guy did not get more work. Probably because of Eraser. <laughs> <laughs> That's how dare
0: you. <laughs> What were you doing? I remember specifically, dude. I was with my first girlfriend. Okay, <gasps> me and my mom were with at their parents' house. She was, uh, she was great. Her parents were really cool. Uh, shout out to her. She knows who she is. I don't want to say her name without her permission, but she's a fantastic person. She'll never hear this, but she's a fantastic person, and uh, I was very grateful to uh, be able to uh, go out with her when I was a kid. And I remember me and my mom. They had a really nice house with a big screen TV, so we were sitting there. I was trying to do one of two things. One, I was super horny and trying to feel up my first girl. Like That's all I was trying to do. God bless her soul. I was way too horny as a kid, and I was just just rubbing up all against her in a very inappropriate way half the time. Oh, God. And then on the other half, we had the TV watching, and we sat there glued to the news watching – and I remember there was one small island somewhere in the middle of somewhere where it was going to be 2001, right? That was the first spot. And as the time rolled around to that one moment, I would be, re- I would be lying if I didn't say, David, I sat there uh, amongst all of these people quietly trying to feel up my girlfriend. I actually was nervous because I didn't have enough knowledge and information yet to completely understand why that wasn't going to do anything. But I remember as the as the minutes clicked, the seconds went down. I there was a moment where I was like, should I have gotten a can of beans and a shotgun to protect my family? (laughs) Like that's all the while being like, "How do I feel my girlfriend's boobs through this dress. (laughs) So many conflicting ideas at the same time, dude.
1: But by the way, like, so I need to get back to your story, but also I need right. to mention that I think I was I maybe I may actually wrong. I think what I was actually doing oh. um, during Y2K is I'd gone to one of my uh, high school buddies' house and for some reason we we're all just like him, his older brother and his dad who was busy reading the newspaper and we were watching Scream for some weird fucking reason. And like his <laughs> dad, who was like a lawyer and like real kind of no offense uh best friend in high school but his dad's kind of uptight and in the middle okay. in the middle of like towards the end of Scream, he's like man skeet that he's he's talking to skeet ulrich he's like why does that, yeah. that cut his hair man that's, that's some fucking nasty ass <laughs> hair <laughs> just like What's this guy's problem <laughs> he's like going to town going leaning hard in his skeet ulrich's like hair which I'm not going to speak to, I'm not an expert on like the proper haircuts, but yeah, man, I remember my, <laughs> your friend's dad complained about Skeet Ulrich's haircut in Scream.
0: So while I was trying to <sighs> feel my, my girlfriend it's... and then thinking I should probably protect my family's safety, you were spending it with your friend as his dad just thrashed poor Skeet Ulrich's haircut from Scream as the Y2K bug was around the world. <laughs>
1: I feel like it's fitting that like one of the lines in that in the scenes that he was criticizing was like, we all go a little mad sometimes, you know, (laughs) Um, but it's interesting. I feel like our roles were reversed there. You know, like I I should have been the one doing something socially. Feeling up a girl and trying to. But yeah, man, uh, congrats to you. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey, dude, man, uh, she was great, and it was my first major, massive, super like sexual relationship with somebody. So it was, you know, God, God bless her, every damn day. though it was my Y2K time, man. I remember just panicking and freaking out. And I remember when that 2000 hit, I was a grateful that it was 2000 that we moved into that era. I was also grateful that we didn't die and I didn't have to kill some people to protect my mom because I was all, I was all, but I was a freshman and I was ready to murder anyone that got in my way, dude. What does that tell you? I'm probably broken inside. Um, David, if the world comes to an end, the world comes to an end, like you said, egg timer, you've got 24 hours. What do you do, man? Um, I you know, I
1: sit down with like a good meal. Actually, my favorite meal. I sit down with my family and I have a chicken fried steak. Cream gravy, Ooh. mashed potatoes. And I would say macaroni, but like I feel like at this point, like a macaroni I don't have like a taste for as much anymore. So maybe just like, you know, some fucking fried asparagus or whatever. But the point is cream gravy, mashed potatoes, chicken fried steak. That's that's chicken
0: what I'm fried doing. steak, mashed potatoes, fried asparagus. With your family. because my Yeah, because my whole
1: thing... By the way, my mom makes brilliant homemade chicken fried steak. That's the
0: shit. That Does got. she really? Yes. Dude, um, I miss chicken fried steak. I haven't eaten chicken fried steak since they closed down Lulu's. <laughs> oh, I hear that was good, too. It was. It was really good. Look, one, for those that don't know, Lulu's uh, Bakery and Cafe had the world's largest cinnamon bun, which was insane. Also one of the largest chicken fried steaks in the state. God bless them. R.I.P. That place is closed thanks to COVID. Ah oh,
1: man, that uh, that sucks. But real quick, I do want to mention that um, yeah, because you know my my favorite thing to do is is to write. So if the world's ending, well, like <laughs> I don't I don't have an audience to reach anymore. So fuck it, let me just enjoy some good food with good company, which brings us to Brian. I feel like there's gonna be like a movie or a comic book here here, and like you're just like let me get one last read. Of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, actually a rewatch of the movie League of Extra- the Superior. <laughs> Why would you remember. choose
0: that one movie? Good Lord in heaven! Good Lord in heaven! Uh, you I feel monster. like I feel
1: like you make excuses for that movie, but I I'd, honestly I'd be with you. I I, I
0: do make excuses for okay. that movie. I say it should it could have been better. It's not as good as the <laughs> book. It had its its moments here and there, but uh, I've I had twenty four hours.
1: Let's go. 24 hours.
0: Here's a list of events I would do. One, if they're not in my state, I would call everyone that I've ever dated and say I'm sorry and how much I love them. Two, anyone that I have feelings or emotions for, any type of love, I would go to them and I would tell them I've been in love with you for X amount of years, followed up by, can we fuck? All right? That's what's got to happen. All right? I love you. Can we fuck? All right? We fuck. Also, I'm going to get nastier here, right? I blow every load I got inside of them because it doesn't fucking matter, right? So we're all just going to impregnate as many people as I possibly can in the process, all right? Then, then I go and I make, I go to my mom's right after I'm done with that. And I I, I probably have to pray with her for a while because she's going to want to pray. Totally fine. Doesn't hurt to get in a couple of things just in case it's real and we all have to like have credit before we die. Sit down, pray with my mom, okay, dude? And then straight up, I would like to crack open a box of my favorite beer, sit on the porch with my mom, hold her hand, drink a beer, and wait for that blinding light to hit us, and go out quickly and quietly, holding her hand. That's what's gonna happen, dude. That's Brian's end of the world list, dude.
1: So no wonder Deep Impact like struck a chord. That's exactly what you do. Just like boom, exactly, your mother.
0: Exactly. Look, if the world's ending and the globe is coming to an end, there's and we don't have spaceships that are taking us off this fucking planet, there's no point in running. There's no point in mass panic. Go be with the person you love. So I'm going to sit with my mom, I'm going to crack open a beer, we're going to talk until the end comes, and we're going to hold hands and going to die together. Do you know what I'm saying? Can, I
1: mean, can, can you honestly say that calling these sort of like ex-girlfriends, do you honestly think like they're going to answer the phone to begin with? That in, no, in probably scene.
0: not. But if they do, I can go to town and rant. And if not, I'll leave a message. That's good enough for me at this point. But they'll never check it because they're dead. <laughs> I, I, I'm shocked, David. That that yours is. You have that so. Aside from the beautiful thing of your family coming together, like, do you all would you do you think you'd all be laughing and, and being happy and sad, dude? Or do you think it would be a very serious time with each other?
1: You know, for, for me, I definitely try to sort of like be excited because what what fucking choice have you got? Right. I mean, it's like um, I, I definitely try to kind of I feel like my my family might. Not, I don't know. You know, actually, let me just like confess something that's really strange.
0: Confess to me, bro.
1: I'm your I'm, I'm not I'm your even father. sure I want to do me. this. But... No, it's too
0: late. We've put it out there. Come to me, David. Put me, your, uh, put your head in my bosom.
1: <laughs> Can I suckle some tea?
0: Suckle some tea and tell me okay. your confession, David.
1: My, me, my mom and my dad have a quote-unquote death pact, which is we've said, <gasps> we've said, if that if that eighteen wheeler is like heading towards you, okay, you your first and only reaction better be to laugh your ass off. And uh, which one, you know, like, and I'm talking like MC okay. gainy, like mouth, agape from Conair type laughing, like just delirious. So, suspic-
0: so specific. It's so specific of a, of a reference.
1: So, so we, we actually do have an agreement that like, listen, if, if, if the times, if time's up, whatever, you know, like we're about to get shot down know, like, you know, some uh, heist gone wrong just just laugh laugh your way out that's that's really important so may, maybe maybe my parents wouldn't be that uh stone-faced
0: i think i like to imagine if you're with your parents that your dad at least would be wearing the tie that has your face <laughs> on it none no, of so, my baby pictures oh, all your baby pictures on it because that'll be a way to go dude your dad and you all just laughing and loving and laughing your way out man well, What it, a, what is your apocalypse hold
1: on what is your apocalypse meal
0: you know what, man? I'm gonna go. I want. It's kind of similar though. Like if I have, if I really got to pick what I wanted, I want the best cooked steak. Like, but like one of those really fat, weird ones. The kind where like you go to a truck stop and they're like, eat all 67 ounces of the steak and it's free. You know, like one of those ridiculously <laughs> huge <laughs> like, like charbroiled
1: bullshit. Like this basically like a burger.
0: Absolutely, just huge ass steak. Too many uh, a lot a mound of potatoes with garlic butter. Oh, shit. And actually, the same thing as you, asparagus. So you and I actually have a similarity, man.
1: Real quick, though. I'm curious. So definitely the beef, charbroiled, whatever, over Salisbury steak? You seem like a Salisbury steak, man.
0: I fucking hate Salisbury steak. Oh, shit. That's such a... I'll eat one if I have a weird hankering for eating crap when I was a kid, but that's such a bull crap steak. I'm calling it on the podcast right now. Salisbury is bull crap. If someone can guide me to a top notch Salisbury, I will try it and be open minded. But until then, it's just juicy patty garbage. Okay, it's called a hamburger. Put a bun between that; it's a goddamn hamburger, dude. Oh, man, I'm dying on that hill.
1: Kind of surprised, man. I feel like you would have gone with I don't know something with a little son of Orthy flavor. Like a proper t- What's that? Like, is
0: it uh, tacos and Mexican no, food and caldo and a bunch this, of stuff? This what is that supposed <laughs> to mean? What is it supposed to mean? what is the what's the orti flavor? Please tell me. What is that?
1: To me the orthy flavor is something that has something unique, uh has a unique texture, has I mean you went straight to just like assuming I was like, dude, you're describing to play this game.
0: you. That's you. You're the foodie. You're the guy who would try, like, infused taco smoke and think, like, this is delicious, okay? That's you. I'm not like that. (laughs) I want a hearty meal that's going to destroy my heart and just kill me. That would be great. I mean, I just said chicken fried
1: steak and mashed potatoes. I don't understand. like Which is
0: why I'm surprised that it's not something more experimental. (laughs) Can we all please just say that taco-infused smoke sounds delicious? I just want to try that (laughs) super bad, dude. You just vape it.
1: <laughs> Avocado
0: toast, steak. I mean, like I, I it's... see what I'm saying. Now we're thinking that's a David menu right there. What I meant was you surprised me. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Hey, no, <laughs> hey, perfect. I'm glad to be constantly surprising you, dude. I like that. That's the thing that you hook onto. Not that I want to go bang a bunch of women and lay my seed because that sounds normal. It's the steak that's surprising. The, the less me.
1: we focus on that, the better for you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure,
0: <laughs> uh, David. If the world comes, to, the world's not coming to an end. Thank God. But as we go into a new year, you know, we always try and look at the new year and try and come up with ways to improve ourselves in the hope that the world doesn't come to an end. So, if this year doesn't come to an end, in the most classic of traditions, David, do you have any? Um, oh, I forgot the word, David. The resolution. David, do you have any resolutions for this year?
1: By the way, you better keep that in, because I like I that was me keeping you on your toes. And and I don't want you to make it sound like you knew exactly what you were trying to say.
0: How dare you? Uh, maybe
1: I will. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh anything that um I, I, any resolutions for this year? To me, like resolutions are listen, I, I hate to be like the curmud- typical Here we cynic go. curmudgeon. Here just like Here we go. if you're not already working on improving something or trying to like achieve something, chances are like a holiday is not gonna change shit. Now that's I'm not trying to like a slit, you know, like if that helps you great. Uh, for me like it's just going to be doing continue doing the things that i've already kind of set out you know one was finishing the book this past year Um, now of course it's going to be like trying to find a big publisher for that book Um, and and same with the hockey ride, and just like reaching a bigger audience Uh, with uh, you know my wife you know just you know being a good shared person if you will because i think that's kind of largely what you have to get used to and what most people just like never adapt to they never just can't adapt to the idea that like well your your life is now somebody else's life in a certain way and and they can't fuck with that and like i feel like i can because i got lucky (laughs) but um right um but that's that's pretty much it man and and, yeah
0: yeah my resolutions david as always i want to continue in the same vein that you said continue to get swole and you can't see but i'm Flex on the podcast right now i want to make these guns into pythons all right i want to make these deltoids into beltoids i don't know if that's a thing but it sounds dope right (laughs) i want this gut to be cut in the shape of a v my friend all right i want to still look good as hot as 2009's chris pine all right that's the goal. Two thousand nine, Chris Pine. Here we come, baby. What sucks is that's that
1: no. What sucks is that nobody can see your pit stains as you talk about like this. I have no pit I'm stains. Just I, this of is course a, you this have is lie, an
0: active like... wear shirt, all right, that helps with sweat. I award for this reason, dude. I am pit free, you sob. Pit free. Yeah, that's right. I knew you were gonna call me out on my sweat problems. Oh, I'm wearing an undershirt. Nah, dude, no, you're fine. Like... Okay, dude, you're a you're a you're a sweet angel that smells of roses. All right? It has no sweating problems. I got it. Tubby (laughs) duty smells like tacos. Copy that. Listen, I I
1: just told a story about like an abscess on my gooch, the size of a golf ball.
0: I am not. And yet somehow I'm still the one that's coming out like I'm still getting ragged (laughs) at the end of this podcast. And here we are at the end of the podcast, David. And as we always do, that was a sweet transition. This is the part where I reflect on what I've learned about you. And cue the music. David. Here are the things I learned about you today. One, you taught pathology. We're going to have a big old discussion about that because I can't believe that's a thing that you've never said to me. You also had your eardrum ruptured. But more important (laughs) than that, you grew up in a conspiracy household like I did, David. You and I were both on the same track about conspiracies growing up as a kid, and the X-Files gave us an outlet to do that. But more importantly, as we talked about the end of the world What I learned was something beautiful about you, David. As always, you continue to impress me. As much as you seem like a hard-ass and a cynic and a man who will destroy you at the sight of pit stains, in reality, you have a beautiful heart inside. And at the end of the world, as this earth cracks in half and humanity is no longer, and our history is but a blip in the cosmos, you would spend it with your family, which is absolutely important, with a good meal, and you would As you say so elegantly, laugh your way out because there's no other way to do it than that. You know what I'm saying? And I love that the way that you look upon this new year, even though we're not dying, as I've so eloquently abbreviated here in my notes, in the words of David, if you're not already working, get busy dying. All right, a little bit of Shawshank, a little (laughs) bit of David to put together because we have to continue doing what we already set out to do continue to fulfill our future. That's what I learned from you, David, as always, continually pushing me to become a better man and maybe get a hold of a better deodorant. So thank you, David. Thank you for that.
1: I've got no follow-up. I, 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 thought, that was, um, <laughs> I thought that was well well said. And uh, man, I, I really... You've given me a lot to chew on over what topic to choose because... Oh, great. You've revealed a lot. You've revealed yourself to me, as Tom Cruise tells Jason Lee in Vanilla Sky. You have revealed yourself to me. another, dude, another your re- references are are on that... point today, dude.
0: <laughs> on point. Goddamn. Uh, David, thank you so much for uh, staying with us today and doing this again, man. I know you're a busy dude all the time, so I really appreciate this. David, any final thoughts for our people out there?
1: Nah, man, like, I, I just, uh, I, I hope people are enjoying what is uh, uh, kind of like a goofy, sincere, sometimes shitty, sometimes, like, aimless, but but ultimately genuine show. And, and uh, yeah, man, I like, I, I have a lot of fun doing this, and I always hate the fact that I feel kind of pressed for time, because th- there is, like, a shitload of things going on in my life, just as it is for you, and if you are listening, please listening because we will try to be better and that should actually been part of my one of my resolutions as well like just making a better show for you guys
0: ladies and gentlemen and on that note thank you so much for listening to us we hope you enjoyed today episode don't forget to like share give us all five stars give us a review if you'd like if you hate our show and you give us five stars we'll probably read that review if you review our show and and give us five stars we'll probably read that review too we'd like to hear from you we also want to hear about your thoughts and questions. We'd love for you to feed us topics of conversation, and you can do that by emailing us at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the at gmail.com. And you can also reach out to us on Twitter at wreckthepod as well as Instagram, and we're on the TikTok, ladies and gentlemen. Hit us up with questions. Let us know who you're talking to so we can answer you properly. But we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from our community. We want to hear to all five people that are listening to us (laughs) every week, which we greatly appreciate. Ladies and gentlemen, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. My name is Brian Ortiz. My name is David Castillo. Remember, if you're not busy podcasting, get busy dying. That's a quote from David.
1: Oh, too. All right.
0: Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz theme song and outro by hard power usa check them out on soundcloud and please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment you can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at recthepod at gmail.com that's r-e-c the at gmail.com hey thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world and we'll see you at the next episode thanks for stopping by